When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, a very good morning to you. Welcome, Hills. G'day, uh, Penny. Got the matchsticks holding the eyes up this morning. Late night, we saw you in the crowd down oh, there last yeah, night at that. Heritage Bank Stadium. Uh, several people mentioned that it might not be me because there's a bottle of water in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you're heard. entitled to have a celebratory champagne last night. Boy, what a win. Yeah, great win. Fantastic win. Brownie did the lot. You know, we batted on a better wicket than the time before. Friday night's wicket was a mm. little more, even more tricky than last night. Still wasn't totally easy, was it? Um, he did the lot. The rest of the batting was a bit risky and a bit airy-fairy, so we've got to improve that again. And the bowling was great. Fielding was great. Yeah. The, the intensity in the field was really, really obvious. Uh, so that was great. Well, we knew how tough this wicket was a couple of nights ago mm. when we played the sixes. It was, it was better, but it was still... A reasonably tough batting strip, I reckon. You was it? Yeah, yeah there was yeah. still you a bit of movement in there. Yeah, when you stay home and, and watch it, it just shows you just how unbelievable this innings was. So, look, I'll give you the stats, and Hills can give you the nitty gritty about it. Josh Brown, one hundred and forty or fifty-seven, ten fours, a BBL record twelve sixes. So that's one hundred and twelve in boundaries. A um, hundred off his forty-one balls was the equal second fastest in BBL history. It was the highest score in BBL finals history. Only the third Heat player behind Luke Pommersback and Chris Linder score a BBL ton for the Heat. So uh, it was just an amazing, amazing innings, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was just so exhilarating to watch. I mean, the, the Matty and uh, and Jack are texting me last night saying, are you watching this? Yeah, <laughs> and me. I was in that thread. <laughs> and heaps of mates were. They were saying, this bloke's a freak. You know, and, and he got to show what he had. And, uh, he, you know, we'll see a lot more of, of Brownie. I think he's not the complete article just yet. Yeah. He, he's got still work to do on his body and, and his fitness. And But you don't want to overdo that because you don't have to be much fitter than he is to do what he does. Yeah. So well, you don't want to overdo that. But, yeah, th- th- we've got wonderful people in charge of him. Right. Well, we know the story. We've been following pretty closely that he's a bat maker. And uh, how how quickly will the bison bats be running off the store store floor today? I'm looking forward to asking him this morning because he's coming on. Yeah, we're getting him on the show. Eight thirty. Yeah, Brownie will be awake. And um, (laughs) he he, uh, was there a turning point. There was one six he hit away from us, away from the pavilion over mid wicket. He dead set got it on the bottom of the bison. Yes, the bottom of the bat. And I'm thinking to myself, if I hit one on my bat there. I got caught on the on the circle. Mm. He put it into the crowd. Don't worry. Ricky Potting was saying exactly the was same he? thing. In, in, yeah, he said, he's got that on the bottom of the bat and it's still gone for six. And I wonder if that was the turning point. He, mm. he thought, right, I've got to stay down on these balls. But And, you know, his, his, uh watching the ball was as good as I've ever seen and his placement pleased me no end. I think the best placement I've seen in T20 cricket ever. Yeah. He hit the gaps all the time. I'm not sure whether it was luck or not, but he did not really take the fielder on the rope on. 
He just hit it into the gaps, whether it be four or six. Yeah. So there seemed to be a reasonable crowd. You were worried, obviously, because this match wasn't really on the schedule. We were hoping to go straight through to the final. There seemed to be a few there last night. Yeah. I think it was between five and 10,000. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all the bottom tier was uh, reasonably populated, mm. and we sold our deck. We we gave away enough tickets to fill the whole bay that we were we were concerned Sorry. with yesterday morning. You were mm-hmm. you were giving doubles away. I was. I said give sixes <laughs> because Brownie's going to hit sixes. Well, it obviously worked. Hey, uh, we're here for uh, Hyundai. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on right now, and of course, our brand new sponsors MFP Easy voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five is that SunCorp Home Resilience Open Line. Did you watch Josh Brown last night? What did you think? Well, he was exhilarated like every one of us. Uh, or you can text us on that 0467-736-736-1. As I said, uh, Josh Brown will be coming up on the show a little later on. We'll catch up with him. We're going to have a chat to ESPN uh, expert Phil Murphy. I actually watched that Kansas City Chiefs game yesterday. It was a beauty. Uh, so the, well, who was that against Buffalo Bills? Yeah. And broke their hearts. Yeah. Have you got a history of it? Breaking their hearts? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they don't like each other. I know that. Hey. It was a bit of argy-bargy. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, when he scored his second touchdown, uh, the brother, Jason, uh, was up in the box with Tato. He's shirtless mm-hmm. going off. Yeah, it was quite the show yesterday. So, Tato, Phil, any action? Oh, Tato was, yeah, hugging and kissing and high-fiving. But and, shirt on. Shirt on, Tato. (laughs) And, of course, we'll have Brett Phillips with all the news from uh, Melbourne Park. uh, And Robbie Heathcote's going to join us as well after Magic Millions Day. Um, uh, Brett Phillips uh, will talk about Alcaraz. Boy, oh, boy. I I was flicking last night. I'd wear a sleeveless shirt too if I had guns like him. (laughs) (laughs) How good a nick is he? And he's getting described as a bit of each of the three goats. He's got a bit of Federer, a bit of Nadal and a bit of Djokovic. Oh, God. And uh, he, he's trying to keep it real, isn't he? Trying to uh, n- not not be the super, super, superstar that they're saying he's going to be. He seems to be a very humble young man. Yeah. You know, in all the interviews you listened, uh, but boy, oh boy, he was just, he was flashy, he was dominant, he was powerful. Fast. One return and 171 Ks cross court. Well, I, I, I read that headline. I'm thinking, I wonder what that is. That means 171 you know, this, Kilometer message, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking, what's that? A third mm, serve or something? Yeah. The second serve doesn't surprise me, but it was a return. Mm. Hey, the text line's firing up. Oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, g'day, Patton Hills would have loved to have been at the stadium last night, but what a win by the Heat! Amazing innings by Josh Brown. Hills, do you think we can stun the magenta crowd in Sydney by smashing the sixes? Oh, uh, you definitely can. We're going to have to bat better. Because they grind you out. So they're the Melbourne storm of the Big Bash. Yep. They're always there. They're never beaten right to the end. Mm-hmm. And they're now confident. Um, I, th- I think we've – but we've had them in trouble a couple of times and then we've either let Moses Enriquez, um, you know, get away on us mm. or Ben Dorshus, the bowler. He, he picks up three to five wickets every time against oh. us. So we've just – we've got a few things we've got to counter and we can. Oh. So yes, I think we can. We've got a repeat of what happened last night. Uh, down at Carrara, they're going to be very hard to beat in the final. Uh, for those of you who didn't watch the innings, you're out and about or just missed it flat out, uh, let's listen to some of the highlights of one of the greatest BBL innings you will ever see. Thornton bowls and in the air, that is slapped with disdain, deep mid-wicket by Brown at his best. So Baisley now bowling from the 
Southern end to Brown. Pitched up and picked up and put on the top deck again. He bowls again. Pope drags it down. Hit high, wide and handsome again by Brown. It's almost out of the ground. It's a short round the wicket from the southern end. On the stumps, into the air, over the fence again. Boyce bowls again from the northern end. A little bit flatter, shorter and it's six more. Brown has put it into the dugout. Quicker, flatter, and he's just picked it up over cover for six. Just wide of long off, and it's gone all the way for six. Payne to Brown, up in the air. Who wants to catch that? The keeper's calling for it. It's a really tough one. Nielsen under it. That's some sort of catch to end some sort of innings. He ran back to almost the boundary. The ball went that high. It went out of our view. And what a way for the innings to come to an end. An innings that those are here at Carrara will never forget. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. 41 balls. So Craig Simmons still holds his record of uh, 39 balls. He now goes to equal second fastest. But it was just amazing. Well, we've got to say that uh, one of the stars of the show last night was Mum. Who was sitting yes, there apparently. Very, very nervously. Um, she was being interviewed, and uh, his, his, his mum, Chris, was obviously just was so proud. Uh, his, his whole house is just cricket. His whole life is just cricket. And, yeah, since he's, what, 13, he's been playing, and just incredible. He's just amazing. Just so dedicated. Just a bloody gorgeous kid. And you told me you took annual leave today to be here tonight. Yes, I did. Because, yeah, I'm a bit short-staffed at work, so I had to take annual leave so I could have the time to get here. So wouldn't miss it for the world, though. Does that make sense? Like... Poor staff at work. Just, <laughs> we're short staff, so I took annual leave. <laughs> but uh, oh, she she's really dedicated to him too. Yeah. And he he's a he's a young man that's got debt from travelling around the world, yeah. league cricket and leagues, and he pops around to Gimpy and plays T Twenty comps up there on Thursday nights, and 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 he hasn't got got rid of all his debt yet. So hopefully yeah. that's going to happen. Um, and you know, I caught her. I caught her carrying his bag or wheeling his bag to the car one day. Brownie, go and get your bag off your mum. He said, "No, nah, she'll be right. She likes it." <laughs> well, Craig Simmons, uh, who uh, does hold that BBL record, he, he did tweet last night or X yes, or whatever they did. called him. Reasonable ball striking from the little fella Brown. If he puts a bit more meat on them bones, he might be able to get there next time. Yeah. Two balls. Shy of Craig Simmons' record, so yeah, and I know Lenny was uh, Lenny was <laughs> tweeting, and so he was just saying that's enough, Brownie. We've we've seen enough right now. Um, Peach, we saw the Gold Coast. We met in the Gold Coast just on the innings last night for Brownie. I was still surprised they only managed two fourteen. I thought two fifty would have been well. I, I think Peach that just showed how tough this wicket was. It's still not the perfect batting strip. And that's what the, the Josh Brown just made lie to it, really. Mm. Um, look, he he spoke afterwards. I've got to say that he missed our fielding innings. He was just spent. He was getting worked on in the dressing room after that. But um, it, it, he spoke briefly after. Um, I just always try and bat within 10. But tonight I was just like really still and really focused. So that was nice, a nice change, uh, especially after last week when I swung and missed at so many balls. But that's just cricket. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's frowned upon. Uh, not fielding after making uh, a beginnings. Yep. Uh, and so 
Uh, I don't know what uh, the strikers uh, requested. Did they put in um, a, a request for some information? Why is Brown not fielding? Yep. Did the Sixers in Sydney on Wednesday night, did they put something in? Hey, why is he not on the field? He's getting treatment, for getting ready for Wednesday night. No, no way. So, you know, they'll be calling him Hanif for a while, for soon. There's <laughs> well-known Hanif Muhammad in Pakistan yep. in the 50s or 60s or something. Uh, made 300 and never saw him till he till the second innings when right. they were batting again. So, yeah, Hanif Brown. Yeah, well, so Just needs to be careful. You're coming at this from Heat chairman point of view. I'm coming at it from a Heat fan point of view. I was more than happy that he was in on the Masters table just getting ready for his next assignment That's tomorrow night in Sydney. That's what I'm saying. The Sydney fans and the Adelaide fans and the Adelaide players would be real dirty. Okay. All right, well. What was the treatment? So the umpires would have had to approve it. They, they would have gone in and checked for sure. Yeah. So and I'm, if he, that's the third time this this season. So he had a hip flexor having made 40 yep. and he smashed one into his foot. Uh, they they suspected it might have been uh, broken or badly bruised. So, so uh, yes, he's got to be careful with that. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, something that we'll keep an eye on. We'll, we'll have a chat to him a little later on this morning. Looking forward to it. It was uh, one of the more exhilarating things that I've seen in cricket uh, in recent times. It really was great. Vanessa? Did you watch it last time? I did, absolutely. Did <laughs> yes. kids watch it? Yeah, yeah, no, everyone um, everyone got on board. It That's was how you bat, Jed. Yeah. That's how you bat, mate. <laughs> exactly. Head he got his new bat for Christmas. He's itching to get out there yeah. in the juniors next week. Head mm. down, stay still. That's all Brownie did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hear every ball of tomorrow night's BBL final between the Brisbane Heat and Sydney Sixers. That'll be live from 6 o'clock on SENQ, 693 AM, SEN Gold Coast, 16.20, or on the SEN app. Uh, what's happening? Oh, well, of course, weather watch today and this week. Uh, that tropical low is intensifying as it sits off the Queensland coast up in the Coral Sea. And the latest uh, warnings from the Weather Bureau are that it is most likely to impact uh, across the Queensland coast overnight on Thursday, somewhere between Cardwell and Airlie Beach. And they are warning of widespread and severe impacts. And so they are saying anyone from Innisfail and right down to the Sunshine Coast do need it does need to stay up to date as that system continues to develop. Those in the zone being urged to make sure they have petrol, non-perishable non-perishable food for 72 hours and power packs for their phones. So Oof. they are really just ensuring that people are prepared for this weather system, the second in a month. Mm. Uh, they're also going to make a decision today about whether to release any water from dams. And so that whole Queensland stretch, the coastal stretch is being monitored because we have just seen some really heavy rain over these last few weeks. And we all know that the, the damage that overflowing dams can do in weather events like this. So look, certainly just keeping an eye on how things develop. Last night, there was also 40,000 homes blacked out when those storms swept through and that was a bit of a combination of heat effects as well as the storm effects. So most of that power has been restored today, but mm. certainly a bit of a wild ride for Queensland at the moment and thankfully temperatures are easing today in the southeast. So it was an absolute stinker yesterday. Yeah. I had to lie down and watch the tennis on the cricket. Oh, that must have been so hard for <laughs> you. i just stay in the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. I was driving around. 
<laughs> yeah, you might as well. Exactly. The Wherever there up. is yeah. aircon is where we should be. And look, also big in the spotlight is rents at the moment. Now, we've got new stats from CoreLogic today. Nationally, the median rent value is now over $600 a week. And so oh. when you do average that out between some of the, the lower cost rentals, it's just pushing up and up. Sydney, the most expensive capital city, $745 a week. But the southeast is also up. The Gold Coast has hit 792 for the average weekly rent. Uh, other suburbs in in Brisbane up around 750 as well. So, mm. look, it is just, um, yeah, costs really rising in Well, if in you've that got regard. an okay job, you should really be looking to buy something, shouldn't you? With $800 mm. a week, I wonder what sort of mortgage that, that pays back. That into a mortgage. Yeah. yeah. that's a lot. Mm. But I guess you'd be sharing it with someone else. Yeah. Sometimes when you're renting, eh? Yes, well, the Courier-Mail also pointing out um, some people in Queensland who are cashing in, really, and illegally renting out, you know, their backyard or their back shed, not always with, um, you know, facilities and approvals, you know, bathrooms or running water, but kind of making a quick buck by saying, okay, you can stay in my shed for $200 a week. Um, you know, wow. it's just a really tough situation. Yeah, it is. You're feeling for a lot of people out there. I mean, nearby at our place, you know, you just see around the parks. Yeah. There's a lot of tents. People people are homeless. How hot would yeah. that be too? Oh, I look at them and go, oh, yeah. you poor things. Yeah. And rough. they're never sitting outside the, the tent, are they? No. Yeah. Oh. yeah. All right, Vanessa, thanks for that Thank uh, update. You. We'll best get to a break. We've got Robbie Heathcote the other side, uh, man who won the Magic Millions. Hey, I know it's a week and a half back. Magic Millions, but we better late than ever. We're only just back on Air Heels, and I thought we should catch up with him and, and congratulate him. You know, all the things he's done in racing with buffering, et cetera, and the, the many great horses, his biggest payday came on Magic Millions Day. Oh, Robbie hey. Heathcote, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Pat and Hills. Robbie, yeah. happy new year, mate. Um, and I, I and guess, the same to you guys. Yeah, you, you probably rate your summer performances quite highly because your goal was to get in the King of the Mountain and – get into the Magic Millions. You did more than that, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Uh, Hills and, and Rothfire. I mean, whilst things didn't work out in the Magic Millions, we we achieved our goal, and that was to get there via winning the King of the Mountain. He did that well under a big weight. We had a wide barrier in the Magic Millions. No luck, but, gee, he was so brave, and the owners were delighted. So he's enjoying some downtime and, We'll come back and have another go at that very elusive Stradbroke that he's run a second and a third in the last two years. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? I mean, that would put the, a real exclamation mark on a wonderful career. He's just such a brave racehorse, Robbie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, and as Eel said, you know, my day was, wasn't was going according to plan to that stage of the day. And then that, that amazing drama-filled day with the Guinness when uh, – you know, the horse was cast upside down in the barriers and they literally had to pull the barriers apart to get Sydney Bowler out. Unfortunately, he's going to make a full recovery. And then, But my feeling, she just handled that hour and 10-minute delay so well. She never really turned her hair. And, and the amazing story is a lot, and I'm sure you guys would be all over it, it's the Martin Harley story. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. The jockey who gave me a 12 out of 10 ride, won his biggest payday race, as I did as well, but... A beautiful story. Yeah, of course, just for those who didn't know, I mean, this time last year, Martin was recovering from breaking neck in a shocking race form. So, I mean, 12 months on to come out and win the, the Magic Millions Guineas, 
you know, for, for the Queenslanders. I mean, it, it's our big day. There's there's $14 million in prize money, and it was just great that the Queenslanders grabbed a, a big share of that cash, mate. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, for those who weren't aware, it was 12 months and four days that Martin Harley fell off one of my horses for the same ownership connection, first light racing, broke his neck, and then he had, while he was laying in hospital, he watched two of the horses he was going to be riding win million-dollar races on Magic Jeez. Millions Day. So so it was pretty tough, but he endured it well. He, he rehabbed. He was four months in a neck halo and came back, and he's an international group one jockey. We had no hesitation in putting him on this star filly, and we knew she was very good. And the fact that on the day, she still went around $7. So she was third favourite, so she was still well fancied, but Martin had to get the job done, and he gave me that brilliant ride, and uh, $1.7 million jumped in. As well as the guineas, like, can you explain to us the women's initiative bonuses that you pocketed too? Yeah, well, we didn't because we we have some males named. There's, <laughs> there's an initiative. There's an initiative when you buy a horse and when it's first registered, it has to be in all women's names. And I think the horse that ran fourth might have might have won yeah, the, right. the okay. three hundred and fifty thousand. I, I think so. Hills. I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, they're not complaining with one point seven. What's the difference? One point seven and two point one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, now, what, 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 what are you going to do with the bounding? We, we know that Rothfire will be set up for the winter for another crack at the Stradbroke, et cetera. What, what's the plans for your filly? Well, we, winning that race entitled us for a ballot-free run in the, uh, the All-Star Mile, which is in March. And yeah. I see this morning's media says Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside have just been confirmed as the first two runners in the All-Star Mile. But we declined that offer primarily because she's only a three-year-old filly, Christmas time, so she's only really three by four months. Um, We put her immediately in the paddock. She can enjoy some downtime, four or five weeks. Um, she's a lean filly. There's not a lot of meat on her, so, you know, she's done her job. We'll let her... Enjoy the well, the heat. Can you believe it? I mean, oh, it affects yeah. the horses too. Don't worry about that. So she's enjoying some downtime. She'll come back for races like the maybe the Mick Dittman Plate, uh, which is early uh, the end of April. After that, there's, there's a the Gold Coast Guineas, which is a, a three-year-old valuable race, and she of course has already won on that new track. Uh, Fred Best. Now the Fred Best Classic is held sometime in May. The three-year-old that wins that gains automatic entry for our time-honoured Stradbroke. So, gee, 49, 50 kilos in the Stradbroke. She might be something to beat. Good stuff, mate. Yeah, we just wanted to get you on and congratulate you. I I know you've you've probably got a lot more thrills out of buffering, et cetera, uh, but it it sounds like you're going to have a hell of a winter and you're a Magic Millions Guineas winner now too with the bounding. Yeah, I've been very fortunate, Paddy, over my career. I've I've just been lucky enough to have, you know, a few good top quality horses in my stable pretty much every year for my 24 years. So I've been very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, the check hasn't come yet, so I'll be happy with that, Jim. No, the other <laughs> the other news is there's amateurs now winning on the PGA Tour, so there's hope for you yet as well as a golfer. Thanks, mate. <laughs>
I mean, how good was that? That's some of the best golf I've watched for a while. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it was a beauty. Rolling Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, mate. Good on you, lads. Take care. Put the heat around yesterday, Fields. As I mentioned, it was a very good day to be lying back at home in the air conditioning, which I did do after the show and watched a little bit of NFL, rolling onto the Australian Open and then rolling onto the BBL last night. But the NFL was, uh, it, it's like a sideshow when Kansas City are playing with Tay-Tay in the stands. And we've got Phil Murphy from ESPN, uh, one of the NFL experts, joining us. Phil, good morning to you. Thanks for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. We're, we're down to the business end. We know that. There's four teams left. But i got to say, from uh, from a distance, love watching the whole sideshow that surrounds the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, good morning. Um, and and I, I'm jealous that you you were able to watch it in aircon. I mean, we're here in the northern <laughs> winter where, I mean, I was on the sidelines in Baltimore and it was minus oh. 11 Celsius <laughs> with a wind chill. I couldn't feel my face for my hit. Um, but yeah, thankfully Taylor Swift, she uh, she's up in the Kelsey booth uh, in the warmth and and honestly, it's it's it is uh, a bit of a I guess cultural icon situation. You know they're their romance now going through this season and the Kansas city chiefs back in the uh, conference championship game. And, you know, people make friendly wagers on how many cutaways they'll have from the field (laughs) first celebrating. I mean, you're more likely to see the booth celebrating than you are any of the players on the sidelines um, after a touchdown, but Travis Kelsey for his part, I mean, he was the one scoring the touchdowns. He had two of them in, in the chiefs six point win. And first time since this exact round of the playoffs last year that he had multiple touchdowns in a game. So for him, his form's been a little bit up and down this season. Mm. People were tracking, how's he playing when Taylor Swift's in attendance versus not? <laughs> she was there and he had his best game of the season. He picked a good day to have a good day. Yeah, and, yeah fantastic. And his brother was there as well, shirtless. Oh. <laughs> yeah, how about, how's that for, uh, he retires from, from the NFL or announces his retirement to the teammates uh, after the Eagles lost last week to the Bucks, And then, he goes straight from the playing field to the tailgate. Pre-game, he was out with Bill's Mafia, uh, chugging some beverage out of a uh, uh, of a bowling ball, the, the, the <laughs> finger of the bowling ball. And then he goes into the booth, obviously warm from whatever the beverage was, shirt off, and um, you know, swirling his, his his t-shirt around. And now he's just his brother's biggest fan. They they have a great relationship and a podcast here that's very popular. Obviously, Jason Kelsey has loads of personality, but um, yeah, I mean, for a Chiefs team, normally when you have a dynasty like this, people start to kind of cheer against them, much like yeah. they did the Patriots during their peak. But these little wrinkles, I mean, the, the Chiefs are more palatable, and, and they, they were underdogs in that game yesterday and came away with a, with a road win in a game that was really exciting for a game that didn't have any scoring in the last 14 minutes. It was really, really tense on uh, those last drives back and forth. Yeah. Uh, what are your first thoughts, Phil, on this season in general? Um, what, what springs to mind? Well, I mean, a, a few things. I mean, it's hard to go away from the teams that are still here. The Chiefs have gotten here, for one, while we're on the topic of them, very differently than they have in the past. This is Patrick Mahomes' sixth year as a starter, and it's his sixth time in the AFC yeah. Championship game. I mean, that's Tom Brady level of consistency at this point of his career, but this wasn't the incendiary offense of of last year. This was a team largely carried by its defense until yesterday when Patrick Mahomes and more importantly, his receiving targets, they were reliable. They didn't have any drop passes like, like had plagued them in the past. Now the question is, can they go to Baltimore, the team that has been the class of the AFC for the entirety of the season, Baltimore hosting its first ever AFC championship game, 
they've been there before and won it before, but always done it on the road, should be a terrific environment. And what will be Patrick Mahomes is just his second road uh, playoff game. That's a storyline that jumps out to me. One of those teams, you know, adding to their legacy, Lamar Jackson getting to a Super Bowl for the first time. And in the NFC, you can't go away from the Detroit Lions. I mean, this is a team that, since the Super Bowl became a thing in the mid 1960s, they they had only been to a conference championship game once before in 1991, and they lost it. That was the last year they they had even won a playoff game, and and now here they are, they're one win away from the Super Bowl. They'll be decided underdogs, but they're the team that everybody you know if if you if you don't have partisan interest in the last four, I think most people would like to see the Lions. Uh, find a way to the summit of the mountain. Yeah, well, they found a way yesterday. We, we were watching it here, and it was, you know, another really tight contest. They've been thrillers uh, over this weekend. But do you give them any chance of upsetting the 49ers? I do, um, but with, you know, the caveats, I mean, the 49ers will have more avenues to win. Uh, both teams are, are a little saddled with injury, which is common at this time of the year. Um, but the, the, the interesting thing is their quarterback, Jared Goff, he's from San Francisco, and he was born in 1994, which is the last year the 49ers won a championship. So he is the, the elder statesman of the quarterback at the ripe old age of 29. Um, but for him, he was somebody who was – we thought his career was over when he left the Rams and he was traded for Matthew Stafford and, and, and other pieces to go to Detroit. He needs to have a sharp game, but more importantly, this Lions pass rush, which in, in, in perfect moments got Baker Mayfield with some elaborate blitz schemes, maybe some safeties coming up, and a kid named Aiden Hutchinson who's, uh, who's from Detroit, I mean, born and raised, went to University at Michigan uh, in Ann Arbor in the Detroit suburbs. It's going to take that type of uh, defensive pressure and the ability to curb what the San Francisco offense can do and then Detroit, for their part, offensively, they have a young, exciting offense, uh, a, a, a guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, who on any given game day could be the best receiver on the field. Wow. He was magnificent late for Detroit when he needed to be. It just it, it, it seems unlikely, but the Lions have been defying odds for the entirety of the season. So, I mean, that, that's their coach even said in the locker room, Dan Campbell, who's got a personality bigger than himself, he said, hey, we've got two. We need two more. That's the goal. So if they, I wouldn't put it past them to get one more, though I am. If I had to if I had to tip the result, I'd go with San Francisco. Yeah. Now, we're running out of time, but I want to pick your brain very quickly. Uh, I'm with one of Australia's greatest cricketers here in the studio with me. I'm uh, rugby league background, but we both have a chance on Sunday night here in Brisbane to interview Tom Brady, I think. Uh, is there something that we should be asking the great man? I would say he actually has a personality that would surprise only because the Patriot way, you know, you kind of keep the cards close to the vest. Now that he's been able to spread his wings, he's got a fantastic sense of humor. He's a great conversationalist. So I would say take some pressure off yourself for the interview and just have a chat to him like you would any sports fan at the bar. And I think you'll get, uh, you'll get grade a level product. He's a, uh, he's been, he's been a really Interesting personality to get to know in retirement. And this year, has he been heavily involved in broadcast, or what's he been up to this year? Not yet. The presumption is that he'll he'll move into it next year. I'm sure he could confirm that. Uh, but he's been he's just been dominating social media. You know, having little funny lines and people when people you know take shots at his lack of athleticism or something, he'll put out <laughs> post a social media video. He's just been a full time you know I guess part time dad. I know he's you know he has a couple kids. He's been very involved in their goings on. But then, you know, uh, just, just brushing up on the social media side of commentary, which is a required part of what we do, 
getting ready to, to be in the spotlight, I, I think next year is when he moves in full on. But of course, you know, these things always change. He could, he could confirm that for you. Yeah. But yeah, right now I, he's just enjoying the game as a fan. All right, ESPN is the home of the AFC and NFC Championship Games. You can catch all the action from 6 o'clock next Monday. Phil, uh, a delight to have you on. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the games next Monday morning. Yep. Thanks, Phil. Phil Murphy joining us there from ESPN. Let's go quickly now to Benny Davis, uh, SEN Mornings host and Channel 7 sports editor, of course. Yeah, does the sport editor now do the Broncos? Yes, well, he had to, he had to be down there in the heat yesterday. Yes. How did you manage that, Benny? Haven't you got people to do this for you? It was 37 degrees out there yesterday. Yeah, it felt like 57. I was under more pressure than the strikers' bowlers last night. <laughs> the jeans, the shirt, the sweat, the deodorant, it was it was very, it was very hot. And, and we, we were standing in the shade underneath the car park of the Broncos Leagues Club. So I have no idea how those blokes out there running around in the heat were... We're doing it, um, but we all got uh, quite a fright and got very alert when we saw Adam Reynolds rolling around on the on the deck after a pretty simple training movement, which uh, which which turned out uh, well, which ended not in the way that that he'd hoped. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it's turned out okay, not major damage. Hmm. No, and you know when you when you see blokes go down at training, you go, oh, he'll get up, he'll rub it off, he'll walk it off. There was no walking it off. He 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 needed help to get up and um, hopped, hobbled uh, with the aid of uh, the physio straight back into the sheds. And 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 there was a bit of well, there was urgency about it. You know, he, he wasn't just a slow hobble like, oh, you know, I'll be right, I'll get through this. It, it was like, get me off, get me out of here. Um, all of a sudden, the, the Broncos hierarchy came over. Oh, boys, can you put the cameras down? We don't want any shots of this. Oh. Well, it's too late. It's, it's happened. <laughs> it's happening. Um, that's you know that's where it's it's at. And and look, I mean, it was, they're training on the old field, the, yes. the Gilbert Park field. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and in the new centre the Broncos have, and that Clive Berghofer centre, there's a a Q scan. Uh, place which is open to the public. It's it's all part of it's all part of the Q scan chains. But the Broncos obviously have access to it, and they get all their scans done there. So what we're talking thirty meters across the road. Yep. He couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. They had to get the you know Tony Spencer, the groundsman, had to get his his uh, cart there and, and drive him around. So that's when all of a sudden we're going. Maybe this is not as uh, simple uh, and just a little mishap as as possible, but they were taking all the precautions. The, the scans have come back saying no major damage, and um, you know, thankfully, uh, it, it it mightn't be as serious as Will Fussell, but there was hearts in mouths, and not just from those watching. I, I reckon Adam would have been going, "What have I done here?" Yeah. Hey Benny, what's the feel down there? We know that uh, look, they're playing stocks. They've they've copped a few hits. The, the likes of Flegler and Farnworth going to the yeah. Peninsula, Palisade going down south. Capewell forced out of the place. Uh, what's the feeling down there? Well, they've got a they've got a, a good young bunch coming through, and everyone you talk to just wants to put their hands up and 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 do the job. I mean, you, you're not replacing Test players, Flegler and Farnworth, uh, you know, overnight. And the same with you know, Capewell and his experience in the Origin arena. But we, we spoke to a young bloke yesterday, Xavier Willison, and he's. He's played seven games of first grade. Um, he's a big unit. He'd be about six foot four, but he's 
he's more the pain half smile where he's got a really good motor, would run all day, could clock up 150 metres and you wouldn't sort of know it. He's had an ACL, which he came back from midway through last year and then did um, his ankle syndesmosis coming off the bench. So, he, look, he's only young, but he's keen. And, and we put to him about, you know, all these spots here and Flegler being one of them. And we're looking at him, he's, he's sort of the same dimensions of Flegler, maybe a bit leaner, but... You know, and he said, oh, enforcer, well, you know, Flegg's his own man and he has his own attributes. I've got my attributes. I, I, mm. I know what I can do. And it was just like, you know, it was refreshing for him to say that, but also said, I'm putting my hand up to, to be in the 17 as, as a constant starter. Uh, Kobe Hetherington has done the same, and we yes. know he can whack. Um, he, he's more of a Reuben Cotter mold, isn't he? A little little bit bigger than Reuben, a little bit, uh, a little bit heavier, but I want to say heavier, but more muscle. So, look, there's plenty there um, that we that they're, they're bringing through that have had tastes of first grade that have been on the fringe. Oh, my biggest concern, if I had one, would be would be Farnworth. I mean, I know they're talking about moving Cobbo there and you've got Corey Oates. So, as far as stocks are concerned, but the stuff that Farnworth did away from the ball, what they call those effort areas, like he was topping the charts there. The stuff that they mm. pride themselves on when they talk, you know, behind closed doors in meetings, it's, it's those effort areas that it's the stuff he didn't do. Sorry, the stuff you don't see him doing. Yes. How they replicate that and how they can keep that uh, up, um, yeah, is, is going to be uh, that's going to be it's going to be the key for Kevin. Hey, Benny, what was the intensity of training like as it really heated up mm. uh, through the morning yesterday? Well, we're all saying, oh, you know, they'll they'll have a a, a shorter session yes. today. And there was a like, like, well, no, why? And so, well, you know, you can do some damage in this heat, surely. Like that's you know, the sports and science guys have got all you know, they've got all their degrees and markers and measures. But no, there was no there was no let up. There was you know, and the longer it went, we actually thought, well, hang on, what's what's going on here? I mean, it was they weren't getting yeah. flogged. Uh, and, and they did stop for, for, for drinks breaks and the, the wet towels and the ice buckets came out and they stopped. And But, um, yeah, they, they didn't – there was no – it was ball work towards the end, running plays. Um, but, again, it was still it was still like a, a normal session, just someone turned the oven on. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I've never I, seen them get flogged, you know, physically in a physical fitness session. What, what is that like? Well, it's the, it's the unexpected stuff, I think. And it happened to the Dolphins. Oh, it was their first session back from memory this year uh, when they had the entire squad together. So we're talking, what, 10, not even 10 days ago. And uh, they were due to stop at a yeah, particular time. And, you know, we were told that the media conferences happen after training. It's going to happen about this. So, well, after they did their war work, it, it wasn't up to the standard that Wayne wanted. And he just made them run the next 40 minutes. Just <laughs> 40 put them, minutes? Just put them through. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, yes. So um, the, the best part, the best part of 40 minutes and, and you know, it was, it was doing the shuttle runs. It was up and down doing the, um, you know, up to the uh, 22 and back and up to the 40 and back. And, and sometimes it was just, you know, like, I mean, they changed it up, but it was still, it was still running and there was not too many balls in sight. So, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen that at, at, at Red Hill. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but, um yeah, that's when you say that. That's what it looked like at, uh, at out of the peninsula. Hey, and speaking of our, our southeast Queensland teams, what are the word uh, the journos <laughs> are getting from uh, the Titans with Desi running the show? No, no word. That, <laughs> that's the thing. Actually, the, the, the biggest the biggest talk about that, and I mean, this is this is sort of peering behind the curtain and getting in the navel gazing. But they the teams put out their media schedule for the week. Yeah. 
And the Titans come out now with uh, Monday player interview training 8am. Tuesday, nil. Wednesday, nil. Thursday, nil. Friday, nil. Saturday, nil. Sunday, nil. You just go, I mean, it's, you almost go, what's the point of putting that out? Because you're not doing anything. It's like, here's our itinerary, here's our schedule. I'm nothing. I mean, they are doing stuff. It's just not open. Not open to the public. And yeah, I've heard that. He's the put up the curtain. Seventeenth of August, Desi. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll get him. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I thought we were a chance yeah. of getting him on the show just before Christmas, but uh, that turned out to be a myth as well. Oh, no, I heard over the weekend that uh, yeah. that Dimmer, that um, Hardwick, and he live in the same block, and they get together. He reckons he's an unreal bloke, great sense of humour, and great bloke to hang out with, Desi. Right. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah, getting right. on great. Well, you're hearing that Dimmer's killing them at the Suns too. Yes. They're, they're loving having him around. Yep. The Suns didn't want to go on season break or Christmas break. They wanted to keep training. Well, that's wow. awesome. That's, yeah. something, that's something, isn't it? And what about that, the Dimmer and Desi show? Yep. Like, uh, um, Podcast. You'd pay money for that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, mad, I, the mad side. And look, it's a, it's a hangover from Desi from the Manly days where, where you know, it was the, the Sydney environment and, and it was you know, kill or be killed as, as far as the media is concerned and, and he put up an iron wall down there and it's, and it's, that's what he's was brought here. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully for the fans, and that's the big thing, for the fans, you want that to be relaxed because you want to you want to see your players, you want to hear from them, you, you want to know what they're doing. Um, and that's the that's the that's the, the big thing is you know yep. we're, we're the conduit to the fans to, yeah. to take them on the journey with them. You've yeah. only got to put up two days of player interviews, haven't you? Not one. Yeah. We'll see what happens when the season starts. I mean, look, it is January, but what they oh, jump yeah. on the, the Broncos jump on the plane to Vegas in a month. Yeah, so. the NRL have rules, and they have to do more yeah. than one day a week. So yeah, not not now. Yeah. Preseason, but once the season starts, so they'll, they'll, yeah, you'll get more out of them. Hey, uh, mate, thanks for the time. I know it's going to be part of the news tonight um, mm-hmm. because they've just had this first of the big wave challenges this morning in Nazaré in Portugal. Forty, thirty to forty foot waves, they're saying. So, uh, how good. I said on my email, I've just got the first of the video news feeds now. So, uh, uh, when you get up to work this morning, there'll be some pretty specky picks waiting to go at the end of the uh, sports bulletin tonight. Beautiful, looking out for that. I'm sure you can still stream that on Seven Plus, Patty. You'd be doing that on the on the oh. phone, wouldn't you? While you're in the studio. Yeah, I'm not quite. I'm not quite there He's yet. Got to get his voice much. message done first. <laughs> yeah, look at the time. It's eight sixteen. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> Benny Davis. Thank you, mate. See you, fellas. So, Brett Phillips is joining us. Uh, SEN's tennis expert. Um, we were talking about jars of Vegemite and Taylor Fritz, uh, Brett, um, and the the bet. Has been fulfilled to a certain degree, hasn't it? Um, Taylor Fritz's partner couldn't finish off the uh, jar of Vegemite. I couldn't even get more than one mouthful, I don't think. <laughs> See, this is how big this girl's become. The, the, we're kicking off our tennis segment with Morgan Riddle. I mean, she's, I mean, I'm the Herald, Herald Sun this morning. She's back page, front page. <laughs> this is extraordinary. <laughs> well, the New York Times did call her the most famous woman in men's tennis. Yep. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, now. No doubt. The in, I've, I've got to become an influencer somehow. Uh, <laughs> you are, mate. You, you are. are. You are. <laughs> hey, now, look, just before you picked up, we were discussing here, Joker goes back-to-back daytime matches. What is the reason, please? Well, I think re- recovery time, really, for the players. I mean, Rublev yeah. played 
the latest out of the four quarterfinalists today, obviously finishing around midnight against Demonor. So to give him the appropriate amount of uh, recovery time to put him 48 hours later at night, uh, Djokovic obviously played during the day. Fritz uh, played uh, during the day. Um, and Sinner played sort of Saturday, uh, what, Sunday twilight into evening. So yeah. it sort of makes sense from that uh, point of view. And, yeah, Novak's got probably the warmest day uh, today, 29 degrees in Melbourne on Rod Laver. Once upon a time, he was a bit flaky in the early days with a bit of heat, uh, but I think he'll be uh, made of the stern stuff uh, today to see off uh, Taylor Fritz for a, a ninth uh, consecutive time. Yeah, what are you looking forward to out of the others? Yeah, I think Sinner Rublev uh, does fascinate me. Uh, I mean, Sinner's just, you know, playing exceptional tennis at the moment. Uh, and Rublev, I mean, when's he going to break this quarterfinal duck? Uh, zero, nine. I mean, it's uh, got to hang over his shoulders. Obviously, he's running into really good opponents at this stage of a tournament. Uh, but the way Yannick's playing, uh, I'm not sure I can see a way through for Rublev. It might get a double figure, zero and ten. Um, so I think to see the Italian in full flight in prime time tonight, will be great after we saw Alcaraz in prime time last night. I think the you know, Melbourne audience here and those coming to the tennis at the Australian Open are getting a full appreciation of how good these young guys are uh, up close and personal. And, yeah, obviously the women uh, today, we're going to call uh, Sabalenka and Krachikova tonight. I mean, we think it's sort of Sabalenka, Coco Goff as a semi, uh, but Krachikova's wily, you know. She's done a great job to get to the top ten. Great doubles plays is all... Uh, sections of the court. Uh, she'll make Arena play a lot of balls and, and try and frustrate her with you know different spins and you know get it out of her hitting zone and not make her so comfortable. Uh, that's the intelligent play that Barbora can bring. So she might cause uh, might be the disruptor mm. uh, tonight on uh, on centre court. What about the other side? Noskova, Yastraviska, Kalinskaya, and Zeng. A- anything there that that really impressed you, or what, how have they done it? Well, the young Chinese girl is going to be a star, let yeah. me tell you. Uh, Xingming Zhang of China, 12th seed. Um, yeah, obviously blitzed her opponent, Dodin, last night. It was in uncharted waters, and she got through because, you know, obviously a few of the top women fell, and that Steve Bradbury moment, you, know, yeah. you just have a, a lucky break. Uh, but Zhang is the real deal. In fact, she was coached last year by Wim Pissett, who's coached all these great players to the top of the game and was with Osaka before she uh, took maternity leave and Naomi came calling and Wim dumped, basically, uh, Zhang, uh, caught her off guard, and she blasted him in the media, and I think she's really keen to show Wim, you should have stuck with me, uh, you know, because I'm going all the way all the way inside the top ten. So I think on that side, where all the big names have fallen here, she looks the, more, the most likely, you know, to make the final, and yeah, she's fine. only going north. Um, yeah, she's a good product. A lot of Chinese women now starting to emerge. In fact, Lee Na was there yesterday playing the Legends, and you know, she's uh, the inspiration behind a lot of these young Chinese players. Great. Uh, these, uh, the, the Ukraine women too, obviously there's a lot going on in their lives and in their minds. To get this far, uh, I think is fantastic. Yeah, well, Diana Yastrzemska, uh, we'd sort of almost forgotten about her. I mean, she was a young player that rose to 21 in the world uh, pre-COVID and had um, obviously built a really good resume. And... Then COVID came. She also um, was suspended for, I think, about seven months uh, for a, a doping violation, which she was later cleared of. And the ranking slipped. And the last three years, she hasn't been able to get it back. And she actually was the number one seed in qualifying. Now, that's how far she'd fallen. Gets through. And here she is, you know, um, going deep into the tournament. Great win against Azarenka. I mean, a lot of guts uh, yesterday. And you're right, uh, Pat. I mean, there's a lot going on with her emotionally and her... 
you know, her love for her country. I think um, it was only just a short time ago that her grandmother's house got bombed in uh, Ukraine. And yeah, look, it's it's um, it's it's it means a lot. I mean, Svitolina went out in tears yesterday with obviously the back spasm after only three games. So it could have been two Ukrainian women having a really deep run. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. You're right. There's so much going on in the world away from sport. We saw the the pro-Palestinian protesters yesterday as well, which you know Zarev, you know, gave the security of the Australian Open a bit of a rocket as well. He said it probably shouldn't have happened, but it's pretty hard to stop them, mate, isn't it? Yeah, really hard to police. You know all this stuff. I mean, I was at you know Carols by Candlelight uh, before Christmas, and uh, they snuck in there as well and disrupted all the kids on stage. Uh, I mean, yeah, t- I feel for the security people at times. There's a lot of people, you know, coming through uh, the gates of Melbourne Park. Uh, it's always interesting, isn't it? I, you know, when they do these bag searches, uh, I wouldn't say they're the most forensic bag searches. <laughs> Obviously, they're conscious. They're conscious of getting people through the gate as quickly as possible, yeah. but. Yeah, I reckon you could sneak anything into the tennis and uh, and make a make a make a ruckus. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's just a pile of flyers and he's throwing them around. Yeah. Um. Well, what about um? You know, we we know the challenges of the demon. Um. But this French wild card, Cazot, is that his name? That's a good effort, isn't it? It, it it's ended with her cash, but yeah. Yep. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah. He can play. He can play. I mean, the French are always, they're always going to have a big production line of players. Uh, you know, it's a huge system set up in France. Uh, you know, club tennis, uh, really good pro level events as you're building through the juniors. So they've always had a lot of players. They just can't uh, get one to, you know, uh, win a Grand Slam. He's still smoking the pipe up there. Yannick Nara, you know, back yeah. from 83 on the men's side. But they do play a good brand of tennis. So yeah, he's been a, he's been emerging. He's a uh, I'm pretty sure he made the boys final at Melbourne Park game back a few years ago, as have a few of the young French players. But yeah, it's it's the one slam you just you know, catch a few players off guard at this time of year where you can just sneak through a couple of rounds and okay, gee, it's certainly been proven this year. And but I might have been a bit slow to read this. Um, the passing of Mike Dixon, the UK journo, uh, was that last week? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah that, Did you know that, him? That, that shocked everyone. Yeah, I never met uh, Mike in person, but I certainly knew who he was. He was a fixture in the media room, and uh, you know, hugely respected uh, by the players who, you know, uh, knew they were getting a guy when they when they were interviewed by him who knew his tennis, who uh, wasn't looking for a sensational headline. Um, just wrote great articles. I read a lot of Mike's uh, stuff, and yeah, just uh, tragic. You know, fifty nine years of age and. Collapsed. I think the day before he was watching Emma Raducanu on uh, 1573 Arena, and yeah, life is short, isn't it? But he was a uh, yeah one of the doyens of yes. uh, tennis journalism. Mm. Yeah, it, it was sad. I read that. I, I, I'm pretty certain I've met him at Wimbledon yeah. years and years ago. Yeah. Hey, just quickly, Alcaraz. And I, I know we've mentioned, him, but boy, oh boy, he's exciting, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, well, those, uh, it's, it's interesting to talk to people who have uh, known of the emergence of Alcaraz, who we obviously missed him here last year. And he's just, you know, since he was last year, two years ago, I mean, he's just set the tennis world on fire. Now they're getting a full appreciation up close of how good this guy is. As an athlete, tennis player, does it all with a smile on his face. And he's just a beauty, absolute beauty. So, yeah, hot favourite, certainly to get through. And, uh Playing the final and yeah, Novak Elkaraz, um, I think, you know, I'd like to see it personally. I want to see yeah. these two go head dead as, as much as possible before Novak uh, pulls the pin. 
Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I, any great sports lover would 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 you know would well and truly be on your side there, mate. Uh, Alcaraz, Djokovic, bring it on. Yep. All right, yeah, gr- great to absolutely. chat. Another busy day ahead. We look forward to your chats every morning. Uh, you, you give us uh, the the absolute inside word of what's happening at this Australian Open. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Brett. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll be on SEN uh, right across the network tonight. I think well, six o'clock uh, Queensland time yep. uh, in the bunker for uh, Krachikova, Sabalenka and Sinner and Rublev. So, yeah, live radio uh, tonight. Good night. Okay, you've got a long night ahead of you, Brett Phillips. Thank you very much. Thank you.